Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. I'm sure you'll be aware of the news story several weeks ago about the schoolgirls in Africa that were kidnapped and held captive by Muslim terrorists. World opinion was at the time, so the news reporters told us, increasingly demanding that someone somewhere should rise up and save these children. The Muslim world, insofar as I can remember it, were by and large, and as usual, quiet. It was as if they feared expressing a public opinion or else they actually may have even supported these terrorists in what they did. Par for the course, I guess. As usual, it was the Western nations that eventually sent troops and other assistants to try and rescue these innocents. It was tragedy, and for the hundreds of parents of these children, it must have been a real nightmare. I cannot imagine having to experience and, and work through such a heart-rending ordeal. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked, and events like this reveal how desperately wicked men can be when left unchecked and uh, being strangers to God's love. While all of this was going on, we had a call from our daughter who lives in the States with her husband and two daughters. She told us during this call that she had been engaged in doing something and had not realized that the news had come on and her four-year-old had come into the room. She had heard the, and seen the report that was being dictated regarding the schoolgirls having been abducted, and she asked her mother what did it all mean. My daughter says that she took the opportunity to explain to my granddaughter in simple terms what was happening, and as she did so, her four-year-old looked up at her and said, simply as a child would, Mommy, I think we should pray for those little girls. have to leave the glory of heaven but you became a simple man you didn't have to serve the poor and afflicted but you touched and healed their brokenness no greater love has been given you became the ultimate sacrifice creating me the heart of a servant, let this be my soul desire. Show me how to love in the true meaning of the word. Teach me to sacrifice, expecting nothing in return. I want to give my life away. Becoming more like you each and every day My words are not enough 
show me how to love I saw a bruised and battered woman With her hungry children on the streets Then I heard you ask in that still small voice What have you done for the least of these? Lord, consume me with a burning fire that melts away my complacency. Then let me be moved with love and compassion that someone might find a way in me. Show me how to love in the true meaning of the Expecting nothing in return I want to give my life away Becoming more like you each and every day My words are not enough Show me how to love Open up my eyes That I might clearly Let my actions speak louder than my words Oh, show me how to love in the true meaning of the word Teach me to sacrifice, expecting nothing in return I want to give my life away Show me how to love My words are not enough Please show me how to love Mommy, I think we should pray for those little girls. That expression of simple faith and with a child's understanding, realizing that these girls were in some sort of danger and that they needed help from somebody, the Lord brought a tear to my daughter's eyes. That her daughter, a child still so young, too young to fully appreciate the gravity of the situation, yet understanding enough to sense a problem was really a big one. A big one that perhaps the Lord should be called on to help. God would be able to solve the problem. Out of the mouths of babes, so the expression goes, my wife, thrilled with the details of the event, told our daughter that she had obviously done a great job raising her daughter and that this little story was a good little illustration of that. Our granddaughter will certainly grow up knowing that we trust a big God who is able to save to the uttermost all that come to him through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ.
Why would you, the God of greatness, simply love someone like me? And how could you, so pure and perfect, know my thoughts, yet meet my needs? I'll never know or understand just what you see in me. My mind is amazed to think your plans include me for eternity. It must be must be Now with this message for today, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My message today is the second in a short series on the family and violence. Last time, based on Genesis chapter 4 verses 1 through 9 and James chapter 4 verses 1 through 3, we concluded from a theological and biblical perspective 
that because the home was the originating environment for violence, then the home is also the first environment that must be addressed to prevent violence from occurring. This immediately underlines for us the importance of a Christian home environment or atmosphere. Let me read a passage that we will focus on for this message. It's the word of God through Moses as given in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6. Speaking to parents, God says, And these words which I am commanding you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. End of quote. This underlines the importance of a Christian home environment or atmosphere. Now, some definitions are necessary if we are to fully understand the import of this study. First, let me give you a working definition of a Christian family. Here it is. A Christian family is an organism that provides an atmosphere of support, encouragement, and positive opportunities for growth, which include enabling each person to come to a knowledge, understanding, and acceptance of God and Jesus Christ, and a knowledge, understanding, and acceptance of themselves from a biblical perspective. End of quote. That's my definition of a Christian family. Now, this is in similar to and in keeping with the systems concept or theory of counseling today. We must see the family as a living entity made up of individual members whose presence and behavior have a shaping or formative impact upon every other member as well as the body or family as a whole. This simply means that we do as individuals impact upon all other members of our family. What we do as individuals impact upon all other members of our family. Second, by home environment or home atmosphere, I mean the conditions that set the tone for and allow each family member to mature as a whole person, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The atmosphere could be either good or bad, negative or positive, preventative or stimulative to a proper maturation of the family member and the family as a whole. Christian as well as secular social scientists tell us that there are three major styles of home environments or atmospheres. They have been identified by both Christian and secular social scientists. The first is that which is called a depressive or a depressogenic environment. This is an environment which retards or prevents the proper growth of family members, resulting in an overall depressive attitude, both emotionally and behaviorally. This home environment fails to provide a child with adequate support for growth and self-worth. Healthy independence is stifled by over-restrictive or abusive discipline on the part of parent or parents who try to rule by power rather than by love, or an emphasis on performance of the child 
rather than on the person and character of the child. Such an atmosphere in the words of Scripture breaks the spirit of a child and leads to an overall depressive condition or state. Second, there is what is called a directionless atmosphere. This is an environment which results from lack of proper parental guidance and is often a response to a depressogenic atmosphere. Such a condition is often the result of passiveness on the part of parents, due in large measure simply to a lack of parental skills. Such a situation results in a home without any goals or direction, thereby providing an opportunity for wrong influences to impact children and lead them in negative ways. Third, there's a Christian home environment. This is an environment in one in which parent, either single or nuclear, fulfill parental roles and responsibilities in keeping with biblical guidelines because of an ongoing, consistent personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me repeat that, please. A Christian home environment is one in which parent, either single or nuclear, fulfill parental roles and responsibilities in keeping with biblical guidelines because of an ongoing, consistent personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a home where Christian convictions are both modeled and taught by parents in a loving and a caring way. We believe it is this kind of home environment that must be fostered in our community if the vicious cycle and violence, especially to and by children, is to be broken. And so this is our focus in these messages, using the Bible and current events as our guide. The Bible, of course, being our final authority. Now this is important to note to those of you who are listening. I am addressing my remarks primarily to professing Christians, those who believe and accept that the Bible is the Word of God and is, in fact, totally sufficient for us to hold to as the final authoritative source for our faith and practice. Now, you will notice that the importance of parental guidance is of utmost importance to the successful and effective implementation of a Christian home environment. This is a principle established early in biblical revelation. Hear the word of God again through Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, speaking to spirits. And these words, which I am commanding you today, shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. End of quote. Let's then look now at the importance of parental guidance from a pragmatic perspective. Let me give you some basic principles to begin. First, with reference to parents. Parents are responsible for creating a proper home environment, not children. I repeat, parents are responsible for creating a proper home environment, not the children. Unfortunately, this has been reversed in many homes today, 
even professing Christian homes. Children are now calling the shots. In some cases, parents are actually afraid of disciplining or correcting their children. But if it is to be done, if we are to establish a Christian environment in our home, parents must take the responsibility for creating that environment. Proverbs 22.6 tells us that parents are to train up a child in the way they should go, and that many, even when they are old, they will not depart from it. This has to do then with parental responsibility. Ephesians 6.4 also says to fathers, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I say again, this has to do with parental responsibility. Deuteronomy 6.6, I repeat, these are words to parents. These words which I am commanding you today shall be in your heart, parents, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. I say again, this emphasizes parental responsibility. Parents are responsible for creating the atmosphere within the home. Second now, with reference to children. Children reflect the attitudes and behavior modeled by parents in the home. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a person thinks in his heart, so is he. This is the same as saying a person's actions reflect his or her thinking. And of course, what a person thinks is a reflection of what he or she allows in his or her mind to reflect upon. This is also true of children. And so we can paraphrase this verse to say, as a child thinks in his or her heart, so is he or she. Now let me give you some practical guidelines, at least suggest to you some practical guidelines as to what parents can do to raise children to resist violence in a violent culture. Again, some practical guidelines as to what parents can do to raise children to resist violence in a violent culture. Now, I want to also acknowledge that I have adapted and drawn some of my remarks from a booklet of a resource entitled Building Positive Parent-Teen Relationships by Norman Wright and Rex Johnson, published by Harvest House way back in 1977. Here are these practical guidelines then. First, develop children's faith and trust in God. Children at an early age instinctively trust their parents. As the children grow, parents should work to develop their child's trust in God. God is sovereign and omnipotent. Children should learn to trust Him in their lives and depend upon Him to watch over them and keep them safe. The parents must model this trust. Second, you should give your children consistent love and attention. Every child needs a strong, loving relationship with a parent or other adult to feel safe and secure and to develop a sense of trust. Without a steady bond to a caring adult, a child is at risk of becoming hostile, difficult, and hard to manage. 
Behavioral problems and delinquency are less likely to develop in children whose parents are involved in their lives, especially at an early age. It's not easy to show love to a child all the time, of course. It can be even harder if you are a young, inexperienced or single parent, or if your child is sick or has special needs. If your child seems unusually difficult to care for and comfort, discuss this with your child's pediatrician, another physician, a psychologist or counselor or your pastor. He can give some advice and direct you to a local parenting classes that teach positive ways to handle the difficulties of raising children. The point is, don't wait too long before you seek help if you become aware of any kind of apparent abnormality in your child. Remember, it's best to err on the side of safety rather than on waiting too long to get help. It is important to remember that children have minds of their own. Children's increasing independence sometimes lead them to behave in ways that disappoint, anger, or frustrate you. Patience and the willingness to view the situation through the child's eyes before reacting can help you to deal with your emotions. Do your best to avoid responding to your children with hostile words or actions. Third, make sure your children do not have access to guns. Guns and children can be a deadly combination. They do not mix. Teach your children about the dangers of firearms or other weapons if you own or use them. If you keep a gun in your home, unload it, and lock it up separately from the bullets. Never store firearms where your children can find them, even if unloaded. Do not carry a gun or weapon in your home. If you do, this tells your children that using guns solves problems and helps to both create and sustain a culture of violence. Keep your children away from having access to guns. Now, our time is gone for the day. We'll have to pick up here next time, Lord willing. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Sila, think and act on these things. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, 
the Lord is coming soon. There forevermore to stay, hold the fort a little longer, in your struggle over sin, trust the great commander's promise, he will surely come Happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground. Christ could come again.